I mean, I always love to cook. My uh, mother and my mother's side of my family is from Cuba. My grandmother, my mother came over here during the Peter Pan. So um, my aunt used to wake up very early in the morning and I'd watch her cooking food. So she was up at six o'clock in the morning making dinner, you know, and some people be like, what's, why, you know? Uh, but I used to watch her and, and the love that she put into the food, the combinations, the time, the effort, all of that intrigued me. Hello, and welcome to Food Crush, the On Milwaukee podcast for people who eat and drink and socially distance and wear masks. I am your co-host, as always, Matt Miller, culture editor at OnMilwaukee.com, and I am joined, as always, by Lori Frederick, dining editor at OnMilwaukee.com, who still has her Christmas tree up, according to our Zoom feed. <laughs> How are you doing today, Lori? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. And yes, I still have... That's not. That's just a side Christmas tree. Oh, that's not one. the. That's not or the not featured the Christmas one. tree. No, and but I've kept all my stuff up because I put it up fairly late in the season, and I decided it's a it's a weird year. It's a pandemic, and I sort of like it makes my living room cozy, so I'm gonna keep it there for a little while. Hold on a second. What? There's a pandemic going on. Yeah, yeah. No one tells me <laughs> these Still. things. I know. Wow. I wanted it to be done in, by 2021. It really wasn't. But. No. So I, so I can have Christmas at my house all year, and no one will really know. I think I, that's yeah. totally fair. I think I think we should be allowed to. I honestly think that we, as a society, when everyone's vaccinated, everything, everyone should be given like all like seven months off. Like no yeah. work, no, like everyone just gets <laughs> a vacation for seven months, fully paid. Mm-hmm. I think that seems fair and rational and definitely a thing that is viable. Yeah. Um, but enough of my flights of fancy. Let's talk about food. And we have a guest, yes. as always, because, to help because us Because in the that. meantime, you know, until our seven-month vacation, the, the best thing I can think of to do in our spare time is to eat delicious things. Um, and we are here today with Jennifer Batanza's of Fresh Baked Cafe. And Jennifer makes delicious things. And Thank so you. <laughs> she is among among the people <laughs> in, in our area who makes delicious Un- things. Unlike me, she makes delicious things. So. <laughs> Though I did so, cook dinner on New Year's Eve. I cooked dinner. Yeah, which I is made, great. I made fish and yeah. uh, not a single casualty so far. That's very <laughs> this, is, <exciting>. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is good. This is good. So... But Jen- Jennifer makes things like that, that even I feel like the time and energy put into them is, um, is so well worth buying them from someone else, you know, because you're making <laughs> things like croissants and pastries and beautiful things. Um, baking, because baking is, baking and cooking are two different things. And I would much rather cook than bake because baking is terrifying Sorry. to me. But you feel differently. I'm, I'm imagining about this. It, it, all, it wasn't always the case, actually. I, I uh, was more a, a cook than I was a, mm-hmm. a baker. I never even cared for that kind of thing. Uh, but like everything in life, you're, you know, your journey changes throughout yes. the years. And uh, my life changed. And I wanted to find a new <laughs> avenue mm-hmm. to take care of myself, to grow, to share with my family. And I spoke to a friend of mine who was a chef in Chicago, and he told me, you know, uh, you should go and study sushi, uh, how to make pasta, you know, just something different that's unique, Jennifer. 
And I didn't know at that time what it was going to be. But when I went to Europe, uh, I'm from Europe. I was born in Spain in Cadiz. Oh, uh, awesome. Yeah. So I went back home. And, and how, I, so how long were, did you live in Spain before you? Um, I was young when we came to the States. Okay. So I grew up in Miami. Ah. And then I moved to Wisconsin in 2000. You were like, this okay. weather in Miami, too nice. Too, <laughs> you know, you too know if you live in it every day, you don't care for it. You, I know what you probably don't think about it as often right. as being like beautiful. You know, it, the summer in Miami is hot. Yeah, and yes. I've always thought about Wisconsin. One of the things about Wisconsin, for someone who watched too many like Discovery Channel weather shows as a kid, Wisconsin does not have to deal with too much extreme weather situations. Like tornadoes are the most we get. Otherwise, right. it's a lot of like it's snow at most. I mean, Florida and coastal states they have to deal with hurricanes, yep. uh, <laughs> and and stuff like that. And that 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 to me is I I like Wisconsin. I like knowing <laughs> I like knowing that I, I generally have less of a, a threat up here from weather. I actually moved from Miami to Washington, D.C. after Hurricane Andrew. Oh, wow. And Hurricane oh, okay. Andrew was a Category 5 that hit us. Yeah. And I remember waking up the next morning and seeing the signs of the highway falling down. And I think to, I thought to myself, how much wind does there have to be to knock down you a know, huge the sign? metal sign. Yes. Yeah. You know, yeah. so it's it's an experience, but of course, every time I go back, I'm home in Miami. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I yeah. do consider Wisconsin my home too. I raise my children there. My children are married and have families mm-hmm. of their own. Congratulations! Yeah, I'm, I'm throwing rice at the screen right now. Thank you very much. <laughs> so I feel very blessed. Uh, and I always thought that uh, when I had the opportunity and I found what my journey was supposed to be, that I would go back home and share it in Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's how it happened. Uh, I so, went so, to Spain. So when did you go to Europe? So when, around what period? In 2015, I okay. went to Europe. I went back to Spain uh, and I studied at Nemo, which is in San Sebastian. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know what to take, so I took everything. So I took butchery class. I took Michelin star classes. I took uh, classic culinary classes. And, and this was all, you know, fine. And I enjoyed it and I loved it. Uh, It's when I went to France that uh, things started coming together for me. I was always a salty person, not a sweet person. Uh, And then I started trying different pastries. And I would go from, uh, we lived in the south of France, so in Cannes. And then we would go to... Oh, so it was beautiful. So beautiful terrain. It was very much like Miami. To tell you the truth, the south Mm. of France is very much like Miami. And then it's very easy to go from... Uh, we wake up in the morning, you can go to Monte Carlo because it's just a short 45 minute drive. Mm-hmm. And then you just, we would stop and try the cafes in each spot. And I thought to myself, wow, what, what an amazing taste this is, you know, because even the, the Spaniards have their ham, uh, they have their tortillas, the Italians have uh, their pastas, their pizzas, but by far the French have it in the bag as far as pastries are concerned, they really know what they're doing. And it's not Mm -hmm. even a Frenchman who uh, invented pastries. It was an Austrian. So um, Mm -hmm. they just really took it and and made it something beautiful. Classic France, taking credit. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yes. But they really do. I mean, from from a simple like baguette, 
you know, to mm-hmm. something more, more complex, like, you know, any, well, any of the, any of the, the pastries like croissants or all of the related, um, the related things, you know, they yes. really, really like you will never have pastry. And I, and I often think like there's something about eating it in France as well. There's that, a romanticism to it. That is, yeah, you know. I think so. You know, you're you're in you're enthralled in the the culture, the buildings. It's beautiful. Mm-hmm. You know, even if it's not so clean, you're like, oh, we're well, in France. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's, yes, this, yes. It, it's this idea yes. that we have in our heads, and, and yeah. it's like New Orleans, where even the the dirt uh, has its charms. Yeah. It's true, yeah. but you know, New Orleans was founded by the Spanish, not by the French. Yes, uh, <laughs> in all sort in all sorts of. Yeah, yes. New Orleans is a whole, whole wonderful. <laughs> yeah, there's of... no French in New Orleans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but what, what was it about in particular? Kind of like, so you did this tour. What was it about the the pastries? Was it, like you said, you're more of a savory person. Um, but what, what was, was there it, a specific? Yeah, pastry was there something that, that really? Yeah, there was a challenge. It's a challenge. Really, anybody <laughs> who who is is a true pastry chef will tell you it's it's very difficult to create uh, such a beautiful pastry. It's it, it's not just about having a, a bag of flour, butter, salt, and sugar. It's you know humidity. It's uh, climate. It's uh, the time of day. It's how warm it is. It's just incredible, and, and it's very difficult to be consistent. We I use fresh yeast, and fresh yeast is alive. Oh, you yeah. know, and, and sometimes you'll have little pastries. If it's cold outside, you know, the pastries will be smaller. If it's summertime, the pastries will be bigger. And to me, it's the fact that it's alive, it's unique. It has almost like a heart of its own. And I, I find that very uh, exhilarating, you know, yeah. it's an incredible yeah, challenge. They always, they always say that baking and and especially things things like that are, you know, it, it, they're based in science, yes. but there's an art about it because mm-hmm. you really have to listen and pay attention to the environment, you know, mm-hmm. and, and put your own spin on things. Was was there a pastry that you ate that made like that was in that moment? You're like, this is what I want to do. Yeah, well, the, you're the gonna actually, bite. Yeah, <laughs> you're gonna laugh at me, but I'm actually allergic to dairy. Oh wow! Oh. <laughs> yep. I am actually okay. allergic to dairy. So when I try something, I'm really taking a chance because I know that there's mm-hmm. always a price to pay. And I think it was when we went to Paul, uh, that's a bakery in, in that area, and mm-hmm. I tried their version of a croissant. Now, they don't have all of the flavors that I offer at my store. They have their classics, plain chocolate and almond, okay, where we offer probably 15 different flavors. Mm-hmm. And I tried it, and I, and it was so light and fluffy. It was so pretty inside. It almost looked like a honeycomb, mm-hmm. you know. And it just it caught my eye. And that very next day, I looked for a private pastry chef that was willing to give classes, because in Europe, uh, unlike here, uh, you have to be up to thirty-one years old to, mm-hmm. to be able to go to a classic pastry school. Oh wow. Okay, Mm -hmm. if you're over that, and I obviously was, you know, Mm -hmm. you have to do training through other schools, private chefs, and so on. What's the the kind of rationale for that, or the the kind of thought, their thought process? Well, I mean, it's a different type of country process. They're uh, socialist. Their idea is that by the time you're 31, you should know, you know, what you want to do. 
you know, okay. and, it, and it's yeah, like so you're training when people. you're younger so that you can also practice with, with master ba- right. bakers and master that pastry a, a chefs. Ship kind yeah. Of. And most people do not go to school. Most people just start in, mm-hmm. um, in restaurants or bakeries. Um, so I, I kind of did it a little bit later in my life, but I think it was better for me because it was a time in my life that I could take the time to learn. And it's very important. It's very precise and you have to love what you do. If not, it's a hot mess. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and it's a lot of effort. It's a lot of effort and and labor, you know, to not, to not find joy in it. Yeah. It's interesting. You talk about croissants being your activator because I feel like the croissants in America is something that maybe we've, we've, we kind of take for granted now because we have so many, uh, mediocre croissants um that the croissants kind of became like they kind of became fast foodized where you know starbucks had them industrialized industrialized yeah Yeah. burger Mm -hmm. king used them for their sandwiches and in a lot of cases those are barely croissants or at least definitely certainly not traditional croissants they're shaped as a croissant might be Yes. Yeah, right. And I like think that's why we're successful. Dough. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think that's what makes us successful is the fact that um, I still do it the classic traditional way, um, and yeah. I think that makes yeah. the difference. Yeah, well, it's, yeah, it's because, thing because when you get a croissant that is made the traditional way, that is fresh, that is a you know a true croissant, you're like, this is what people fell in love with. You I know? think so. It, I'm hoping yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Right. There, there's some foods where you like we've had so much of it and it's become such a part of you know the brain mm-hmm. and the, the like communal taste buds that when you actually it's like fresh tomato sauce or you know uh or uh i'm trying to i'm trying to think of some other examples of, of these these kind of flavors and dishes and and baked goods that's like this is what it tastes like when it's really made when it's in its original form like this is this is the correct way instead of right. the kind of homogenized, like this is a, the croissant trademark symbol. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and in, and in, the, in the case of the croissant, I mean, you can tell, you think about like the croissants that, that, well, let's say Burger King passes off as a <laughs> breakfast. Set. You know, they're soft, you know, they're sort of airy, but they're very soft. Um, and they have none of that, you know, because a beautiful, a beautiful, well-baked croissant, like you have that really crispy light, exterior mm-hmm. you know and like you said that that honeycomb interior that's almost like but it's eggy and it's buttery it should butter, be very buttery yeah buttery but like mm-hmm. soft and cavernous at the yeah, same time you, you don't get the buttery yeah. with a lot yeah. of mainstream or like the usual croissants you get they're generally mm-hmm. uh doughy genuine like they're 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 chewy in a in a in that way that's like this isn't this works. It's different from bread, mm-hmm. but it's not what I'm used to. Whereas, well, of like, course, I mean, uh, nobody could afford. I mean, uh, a croissant is probably about 85% butter, you know, uh, and you have to use a very yeah. high quality, high fat butter. So can you imagine they'd have to charge you, you know, probably two times what they charge you in order to give you a high quality uh, right. croissant. And it's yeah. impossible. Mm-hmm. How yeah. did you go about going at your quest to recreate this croissant how do you how what was yeah. kind of uh, the the steps and the the mission and like how how long did it take you to kind of come up with one you're like yes this is okay so it took me probably i studied back and forth about two and a half years 
How did then, you find? How did you find someone to study with? Did, uh, did I would take... just go to the bakeries and I would ask questions. Uh, mm -hmm. In Spain, I studied at Mimo because it's a it's a well known school, and I mm -hmm. was lucky enough to be able to be a part of it. And once I was a part of it, they offered me a, a job there, and I mm -hmm. felt very proud. But it wasn't what I was looking for. You mm -hmm. understand? I was looking for something to to challenge me mm -hmm. that I could bring back home, and. The Spanish didn't have the croissant. And you have to realize also, it's like a recipe. You're going to learn how to make muffins. Everybody knows how to make a muffin pretty much, right? Mm -hmm. But that doesn't mean that every muffin that you that anybody makes is good. Right. Okay? Right. Mm -hmm. So you have a generic idea of how to make it. And then you have to take your talent, your ideas, and you have to put it together and make it your croissant. If you take me and five other pastry people in town, we all have different recipes. Yes. We may all have the same croissant. It's going to taste differently, but mm -hmm. we all have our own way of doing things. And that's exactly what it is. So when I came back to the States, because I can't bring product from Europe here, I bought every single flour known to man, and I practiced <laughs> every single day with different butters, different salts, different yeast. And every day I would call my daughter, Christina, what are you doing? Uh, come and taste this, you know? And, and it reached a point, it took two years to get to where I was. I knew it when I saw it. You understand? When I pulled it out of the oven, I said, this is this my is aha mm -hmm. moment. Mm -hmm. And I said, the next step for us is to try it in the market. So we went mm -hmm. to the Oconomowoc market. Mm -hmm. We had a little stand. We sold, we put all of the pastries on the table and we let the customer decide. And we, we did, did well, you know? Mm -hmm. But the best moment was when my closed and I went back to Miami to see my family. And I think we were gone maybe 10 days. We came back and the lady from the farmer's market said, you had... 50 people waiting for you oh. <laughs> and you were nowhere to be found. Yeah, people, people missed you when you yes. were only gone for one week. Yeah, And I said, I have something. Let's move forward with it. And that's how it all started. Yeah. So from there, so from there, so when you, when you went to go study in France, cause you said that you had to find a pastry chef mm -hmm. to, to study with. Right. Um, for that, for that piece of, of your, your baking puzzle. And how long did it take you to find someone who was willing? Oh, no, to spend right that away. Time? Right oh, away. So and then it was for several people, you mm -hmm. know, because each person has their specialty. So I, I went to La Servier Blanche and mm -hmm. there I learned how to do uh, operas and milfai. Mm -hmm. And, and then I, I went to see another lady who her name was Jeanette. And she taught me how to do different pastries. So in all of those pastries, the croissant was uh, the one that inspired me. In La Serviette, they taught me how to do the basic techniques. And then when I came back to the States, I interned at Le Macaron okay. in Miami. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. there, Mina and the head chef, uh, we would do 1,200 croissants a day by hand. And you'd think that, yes, wow. at the end of the day, I was tired, but I, every morning I couldn't wait to get back. 
You understand? Yeah. So you are physically going through and and layering oh, the, yes. the dough and the butter and oh, hand, yes. like hand rolling. So there yes. was no, oh my goodness. Yes. Yeah, that, that is a labor of love. You know? Yeah, because, you know, the gentleman that I worked with, uh, he was from Cuba and he had been trained by a pastry chef that had gone to Cuba to, to help them develop a, a hotel that was there. And when he was able to leave, he came to the States and he was in Miami. And he told me, yes, we have a sheeter here and I'm going to teach you how to use it. But today and every day until you're ready, you're going to do it by hand. And Which to me, that was much learn, better. Right? I yeah. loved it. And up until I opened my first location in Oconomowoc, we did all of our pastries Everything by, by hand. hand. That's, that's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, because that is, that is, you know many, many steps to get, you know, all those layers. Although knowing, I think knowing the process behind it makes you very acutely aware of how it needs to happen when you have a sheeter, you know? Oh, of course. I um, mean, you love the sheeter when you have to do 1,200 pastries. (laughs) (laughs) By all, you know, don't think that I'm this tough woman. I just want to do every one by hand. No, trust me. I was happy to buy the sheeter. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and I always do more training. Oh, I don't know what happened. Um, did you lose us? Yes, I did. Oh, that's funny. I well, don't we're see still you here. Can you still hear us? Gabe, yep. I can hear you. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Nope. I can't see anybody <laughs> anymore. Honestly, if you can't see me, that's for the best. That's, that's, <laughs> <laughs> that's that's what I tell all people I interact with in life. Uh, so f- Are you okay with yeah. No, A I'm face- perfectly fine. Okay. And then when I come down to Florida, uh I looked up Antonio Bashor. Antonio Bashor in 2018 was the top pastry chef and world champion. Mm-hmm. And I we did a training course with him. And he continued to teach me because obviously, like everything in life, you continue to learn. And he showed me different techniques, uh, things that would make my life easier, but also produce a more beautiful, uh, a more, uh, um, how do I say, consistent shape Mm -hmm. in the croissants. So every time I come to Florida, I continue to come and see uh, Chef Bashor um, because he has the same love and passion uh, as I do. Yeah. No, well, and it's wonderful. It's I, I, it's wonderful to have someone who's there as a mentor too, because I don't think, you know, even when you know how to do something, it seems like every day, I mean, I once talked to, um, to Jeff, the owner of Rocket Baby in Wauwatosa, mm-hmm. and he always said every day, it's about making a better baguette, you know, or a better... <clears throat> something and he's like no matter how good it is there's always something oh, that of I course. can do <clears throat> you know or whether it's you know getting it to work in in a strange humidity level or whatever that might be mm-hmm. um so I think it's you know for pe- for people in it with the passion to do that work it's always good to have and it sounds like you have a good mentor there and also that that drive you know with the the constant improvement Oh, absolutely. Every day is a new day. And I also want to say, I think Rocket Baby has a fantastic baguette. Um, yeah, I do. I, yes. I think it's... Uh, it's I definitely would say it would be better tomorrow. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, tomorrow, right? it's a delicious yeah. baguette. Absolutely. Yeah. 
But when oh. I lived in the south of France, in Pelé, uh, they had this baguette that was filled with poppy seeds. Mm-hmm. And I remember we'd go walking there, and he, my fiancé, would tell me, do you want to buy one or two? And I'd always mm-hmm. say, oh, no, just buy one. We'd never make it home with the baguette. <laughs> <laughs> so, so the answer should have been, we should two. have bought two. Yes. It probably should have been three, you know, yeah. because it was just so delicious. So that's the baguette that we use. I try to to cover mine with poppy seeds just because it reminds me of when I lived over there. Of that. Yeah. 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 Well, and the best food has those stories that really are based in, you know, in that. So, so your, your, your bakery, it's a bakery and a cafe. So that people is can correct. sit down. Let's talk about fresh baked. So you opened in 2018? 19. 20, oh, 2019. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, and you, so your first location was in Oconomowoc, That's where, where you started at the market. Um, how was it transitioning from selling at the market to, and was your vision to really have kind of a sit-down cafe as opposed to just a bakery? Um, the vision was to give the customer the experience of Europe. Mm-hmm. What does mm-hmm. that mean? That means that they're going to come in, they're going to feel like they're traveling somewhere else. You're going to sit down. This was my idea. Okay, they're going to have their little espressos out of the ceramic cups. They're going to enjoy a baguette, a croissant. Mind you, everything happened except for the European experience. Why? Because people are used to getting their coffees and going. Mm -hmm. Uh, We're a small location, a small store. And I don't really think that they understand that everything in Europe is small. Mm -hmm. You know, and and they're more used to more ample space. So I couldn't get that across to them. Mm -hmm. But we became like a great place for moms or uh, older people to come and enjoy a little um, coffee or an almond croissant like they used to when they went to Europe or one time. Or I went to Paris and I had my coffee. But the regular people, the most of the people just grab and go because that's what they're used to. Well, and that's so very American. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Where we we don't often take time, you know, to sip, to sip yes. our espresso and and take in our our you know. No, and, we don't and really and have cafe. Fair, cul- like, we don't have you know. cafe culture. Yeah. 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 We think Starbucks is cafe culture. So someday, someday maybe I I often say you know maybe someday we will we'll realize that and we'll be able to slow down. Um, but so, yeah, so you have the small cafe. So people can, but people can come. They can, they can grab a sandwich and soup. They oh, can enjoy course. pastries. We um, do quiche Lorraine. Um, and when you take it to go, it goes in a little container. But when you have it at the shop, you know, we dress mm-hmm. it. It looks pretty. We want, to, want you to feel like you're really having a fancy meal, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, that's why I get excited when somebody tells me, oh, the quiche is for here. Oh, great. You know? <laughs> then you get well. Then you get to be part of that experience, right? Exactly. Like, it's like you're creating a little bit more of it. That that um, little Michelin star class that I took, you know, I, it goes into effect when somebody decides to sit down at the restaurant. Mm-hmm, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So a little bit of that has probably gotten taken away a little over the past. You know, the majority of this past year. Yes, um, because no matter what, you have to adapt to your customers. Mm-hmm. Uh, the customers will tell you what they're looking for. You know, you can you can give them an experience, but no matter what, they're, it's going to be adapted to what they want. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. what they want is the grab and go, you know, the 
I'm on yeah. the run. Yeah. So, so does that, is that, is that a slight disappointment? Oh, no, never. No, or, not at or all. Has, or has it been, has it been really okay that, you know, because I mean, we all have a vision for something and nine times out of 10, something changes about that, you know, in the execution. Um, I think that I'm so very grateful that everything is working well, that mm-hmm. no matter what they are having an experience, uh, no matter what they are happy and enjoying it, that all of the small details really don't matter. You know, Mm -hmm. if they were sitting and having the coffees, but they weren't enjoying the pastries, they didn't like the coffee, then what's the point of them sitting, you know, no matter what they're happy and they're enjoying it. So that makes me happy. Yeah. 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 Well, and I've heard many people talk about um, fresh baked because it was something, I think you brought something that really did not exist. Well, thank you. Um, To you know, to your, um, to Oconomowoc for sure, you know, and it kind of, I think to the general, to the general area, there just wasn't anything like it, or at least, I mean, and that's for sure how people, how people have said that to me, like, oh, have you been, you know, or have you, you know, have you been there? Well, thank you. Um, That's a huge compliment. I'm very grateful for that. Thank you. um, And, and you guys have apparently done well enough in in your small space in Okanemowoc because you just opened a second location. And that was pretty quickly, you know, opening in 2019. Um, But just before the end of the year, you opened in Brookfield. That is correct. So it was an incredible opportunity that pretty much fell from the sky. And I want everybody to understand, I do the pastries. I don't pay for a pastry chef. You know what I mean? I don't hire a pastry chef. So any Mm -hmm. monies that are available, I put back into the business. And when this opportunity came, uh, we took a look at it and we said, you know what, this it's like winning the lottery. You know, you, you have to jump on it. And I took everything that I had and I opened this uh, second location. It was, a, it was already a, a, a cafe. It was a, like a cafe, right? That's correct. Okay. Um, I don't know what the situation was for them, um, I've heard nothing but positive and fantastic things about them. And I, I mm-hmm. wish them incredible, um, wonderful things on their journey. Uh, we jumped in and Brookfield has accepted us so far. Uh, we did do the mm-hmm. Brookfield Farmer's Market. But at the time that we were doing the market, we didn't know about this opportunity. So we didn't announce it. We didn't talk to our customers. We didn't tell them. Uh, but so far, it's been great. We really so were you, were you kind of exploring the notion of of, of possibly expanding oh, by absolutely. doing the, the Brookfield market? So that was in your head. Absolutely. Yeah. I just could not. Um, anybody that's uh, opened a business knows how incredibly expensive yes. it is. It is, yes. And trying to find employees and all of the wonderful things that go with it that make you want to pull your hair out of your head. Yes. Um, but this one was a smooth transition. It seemed like a no-brainer. And so far, so good. It's been a month. We're glad that it, it's happening now in our slow season, which is the mm-hmm. winter, all the way up until March. We hope that we can be up to speed for when the springtime and the summer comes, which is really the strong market. And uh, we're hoping for the best, absolutely. Yeah. 
Yeah. So um, what made you, because that was a pretty, I mean, you did say that the opportunity to be in Brookfield and to open quickly sort of fell into your lap. Um, mm-hmm. Did you feel prepared for that? Had you been seeking? And I guess what, because you you did say that you were kind of looking. Um, so were you prepared to grow because your space was small, because there was demand? Like, how did that, how did that thought process come uh, together? If you know me, I'm a person that mm-hmm. always sets goals. So I set a, a maybe a 10-year goal, a three-year goal, a one-year goal, and a six-month goal. So always mm-hmm. I'm thinking about where I want to be and what mm-hmm. I have to do to get there. And every day that you're learning in a shop or anything that you're doing, it's a new experience. But when we have the small plan down, which means the process of the pastries is down, the recipe of the pastries is down, the coffee is down. So what do we have to do? We have to expand our kitchen space in order to supply uh, weddings and... Uh, sure other locations <laughs> mm-hmm. and Oconomowoc yeah, is a catering small space. services. Yeah. Right. Okay. Exactly. But with, you know, COVID, we weren't able to explore that. I took, when going back to the Bashor, I took his training course, hoping to do more fine pastries, you know? And when we came back and I was really excited to start putting that into play, COVID happened. And uh, it really stopped everything for everybody. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we we try to find another venue, another way to continue to move forward. So we took advantage of this and this cafe that was available worked a lot with catering. They're in a shopping mall. Brookfield is a big city versus Oconomowoc, mm-hmm. plus all of the outlining areas like Elm Grove, New Berlin, Waukesha. And we thought it it was a good step forward because the kitchen is large enough to sustain many locations. So, so it does give you, it gives you that oh, option yes. of doing large events, you know, oh, so absolutely. as we kind of move into, into a, an arena where people will, you know, have large gatherings and corporate oh, events and weddings that you're, well, that's, that's a really, um, that's a really positive outcome. Cause I think, I think too, that, spaces that people have that are available right now, you know, um, the landlords and people don't want to see things sitting empty, (laughs) you know, no, nobody does. Mm -hmm. So this is a good opportunity, you know, for you as you're planning ahead and also, you know, for that, for that building owner. um, Absolutely. And you know, it's not good for the moral, you know, it's not good for the moral as a society to see things, uh, with signs for lease, for lease, closing, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's, uh, it doesn't bring hope, mm-hmm. you know? So when we, mm-hmm. we see new businesses opening, uh, no matter what the circumstances are, no matter what, it brings a smile on your face. You're excited. You want to try it. Ooh, have you heard about this place? You know, and this brings positive energy, I think, in, in a time right mm-hmm. now that we're all, you know, trying to find it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, people come to me often um, because I'm, I'm constantly writing about openings and like, oh, what's new? What's different? And and I love that piece of my job because I think, I think especially now, like people need something new. People need something to look forward to, you know, something to try. Um, Absolutely. Because the level of what we can experience right now has been changed. Exactly. So, 
So yeah. So for you, like how has this how has this journey and now owning the shop um what's well you said you you kind of plan ahead. So like what's what's on your list, you know, for for tomorrow, next month. For the future, <laughs> I would love yeah. uh actually when we open on on Wednesday, we're going to try to move forward with we we have a large window that we can pull up the the, you know, the blinds. And as people are walking through the mall, they can actually watch us cutting mm-hmm. croissants. They can see us yeah. actually doing our job. And I think that would be fantastic oh. to, to have people be engaged and see the different uh, things that we do and how we do it. So we're going to start offering that maybe not on Wednesday, right when we open, but I would say probably within the next month, especially mm-hmm. on Saturdays when that area is a little bit more uh, populated with customers. Uh, I would also like to see uh, another location, you know, uh, maybe training young people who are engaged in in the food uh, service industry, pastries. Uh, I would love to have uh, interns and and people with the same passion come through our our kitchen. I'd love to ask, baking has had such a moment. In, during this pandemic in terms of, obviously, Great British Baking Show is a cultural hit. People, one of the first big activities during the pandemic to become big was baking sourdough. Um, wh- why do you think that was about baking? And what did you kind of make of this kind of big baking craze that happened? Were you, what did you kind of make of this becoming uh, so mainstream in a way? Well, to be honest with you, um, I work 16 hours a day and I come home, take a shower and go to sleep. I didn't know there was a baking craze. <laughs> That's fair. You've, that you've, been, that you've fair. been living said baking craze. Yeah. yeah I mean, <laughs> You're like, oh, that's nice. Other people do this too. Right. Yeah. But, you know, if, if I'm going to uh, express my opinion, I would say that, you know, right now when they're telling everybody to stay away from each other and, you know, families are not spending time together and... Uh, I really feel what are the things that bring us together? Food. Mm-hmm. Food brings us together. It, it, it reminds us of wonderful memories as a child, uh, you know, moments in our lives that were important. Um, so maybe this was like a way of being nostalgic, making mm-hmm. things at home, uh, made people feel comfortable. Um, yeah. Yeah, and I also I also feel like it's actually will be very nice for businesses like yours um, because with so many people, even people who branched out and maybe tried things on their own um, to realize, you know, I think many, many people, you know, created or, or acquired sourdough starters and started making sourdough bread and or they started baking things. I think a lot more people took on projects, you know, that they would never have had time to right. do previously. And... But they also found out, you know, the more cooking that they did or the more baking, like, wow, this is a lot of work, (laughs) (laughs) which I think gives you a truer appreciation um, for the level um, and hard work that someone like you who does this for a living, you know, really puts in every day. Um, So I I like to think, too, that this, this in some ways was a was a good process. Um, I say this about restaurants too, like people having to cook meals more often or being, you know, because we're more of us are at home really gives people more of an appreciation for buying food at a restaurant. 
you know. I agree with that. I think it's 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 also important to realize that um, it's hard work. You know yeah. what I mean? Uh, mm-hmm. um, I'm not saying that being a banker is not hard work. I'm just saying that most of the people that are in the food industry really love what they do. You know, they're you really must, trying to express have, themselves. Yes. Yeah, you absolutely you know, have to love it. Yeah. Because it's, it's not it doesn't pay off in lots and lots of money. You know, yeah. it doesn't no, pay off in a there lot are of not you know. bakers buying yachts. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, and, and um it's more like uh you want the fame of it. You understand? Most uh, chefs in, in France, they're not millionaires, you know, they're no. there's not uh What's this guy, Gordon Ramsay? I mean, he's the right. exception because he's a television person, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. but a regular chef in a restaurant, they just, they don't make no, that kind and, of No, and, and I think that... Not the even the credit guy? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, not even, not even the cronut guy who, you no. know, went back to his day-to-day baking in New York. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, so, yeah, because the riches that come are really like in seeing, I would yeah. imagine seeing the person's face when they're enjoying something, you know, what, what is the reward for you? Oh, for me? Are you kidding Mm -hmm. me? I'm a, I'm a kid that grew up in the streets of Miami. Mm -hmm. I never thought I would have uh, the opportunity to share something that I make with my own hands with people and they love it. Mm -hmm. Uh, Probably the, the greatest gifts are when people come in and say, Oh, I had your, your, uh, fig and Parmesan croissant. I never thought I would like it, but I love it. <laughs> and every Saturday I'm in line waiting for it. Mm-hmm. I mean, to me, you, you might as well be telling me, Jennifer, you're the greatest thing in this world, you know, because <laughs> me, it's, it's like incredible. And even when you said right now that you heard a lot of positive things about mm-hmm. us, mm-hmm. I mean, that's fulfilling to me. Mm-hmm. You know, it makes everything worth it, you know, because you can have an ego and say, wow, I, I make a great croissant, but it really doesn't matter what I think. It's what people think your customers are going to tell you. So thank you. Yeah. Well, and obviously, so, so I don't know what you, what you did necessarily, and you can share that certainly if you'd like, um, before you got into the world of pastry and baking. Um, I was a mom. <laughs> so, yeah. a mom. <laughs> so, well, and that's rewarding, you know, in, Absolutely. in its own way, um, yeah. you know, but, but is this, is this one of those instances where you found like this passion that you, I mean, you did say, like you didn't know you would have, you know? I mean, I always love to cook. My uh, mother and my mother's side of my family is from Cuba. You know, mm-hmm. they came here uh, uh, during the, um, my grandmother, my mother came over here during the Peter Pan. Oh, sure. So, um my aunt used to wake up very early in the morning and I'd watch her cooking mm-hmm. food. So she was up at six o'clock in the morning making dinner, mm-hmm. you know, and some people be like, what's, why, you know? Uh, but I used to watch her and, and the love that she put into the food, the combinations, the time, the effort, all of that intrigued me. Mm-hmm. And I used to cook for my kids every day, three meals a day. Uh, when I, probably when I was in my, early 40s, my kids said, hey, mom, you know, you should do videos on YouTube. And I'm like, what is YouTube? (laughs) You know what I mean? I still had a flip phone, you know. I didn't know anything about this stuff. And um, it was my son, Jean Michael, and my daughter, Christina, who uh, supported me. And we started doing YouTube videos. We created a cooking channel, which was a Cuban with a twist. Nice. Yeah, we got a lot of... uh, 
um, a lot of positive uh, feedback on that. Mm -hmm. Then we had, uh, I think it was in 2014, a spread on Latina magazine. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. And I was probably not prepared for all of this kind of stuff. Understand? <laughs> I, I didn't know all of the things that come with it. And for the most part, I'm a shy person. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't really uh, like to be in the spotlight. Um, so I, I wasn't prepared for that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I kind of just said, you know, I, I, I tried being a private chef and it was okay, but it really wasn't what I was looking for. You know, you, you, it was in the food industry, but it wasn't what I was looking for. And that's when I spoke to my friend who told uh, me, go okay. and explore, go and find mm-hmm. yourself. And, and I did. And, and you did. did. And you did. Mm-hmm. So that, yeah, that brings us back. And well, that, that's a beautiful, it's a beautiful way of coming around to something. Um, well, thank you. And you obviously were good at listening, you know, to yourself. Like, well, this I was isn't older. quite right, you know. I was older, um, yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and they do say, you know, age, wisdom comes with age. Yes. And I and really plus, do you know, think that's true. <laughs> <laughs> my kids were older. My son was 18. You know, uh, it was okay for me to have me time now. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? It was okay for mm-hmm. me to take the time and find myself. And, and it was important for me to do that, not just for myself, but for them too. Mm-hmm. You know, I think all of us sometimes are so busy living life that we don't really know uh, where are we going besides our regular day work. Do we really like it? We don't know, but... Did somebody watch Disney Pixar Soul recently? <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, it's like a whole... <laughs> You know, but it was it was like this for me. And mm-hmm. uh, I'm lucky that I had the opportunity to do it. Uh, and I trusted myself enough to take the chance. Yeah. Well, and it's a wonderful reminder and a wonderful story that, you know, people really can start over and take on something new. Mm-hmm. You know, Absolutely. at any point in their lives, you know, I mean, we can we can move forward one way. And if it's not quite right, you know, Maybe we just need to discover that thing. So, because it sounds to me with the passion that you're conveying that this is your thing. <laughs> it is my thing. And yeah. I know it every morning when I wake up. Yeah. I know it. Uh, and I know it like I know my name. You understand? Mm-hmm. There, There's mm-hmm. no doubt in my mind that everything that uh, it took to get to where we are right now was the right thing. Well, and it sounds to me like you have you have fun with not only, you know, creating, you know, the perfect croissant um, in your way, and Thank you. but also flavor combinations. Is that oh, another, yes. another part of this? You're kidding me? That's the fun of it. <laughs> so that yeah, is so the fun of it. Because you mentioned like fig and Parmesan and that immediately to me is like, oh, that's delicious because you have the sweet oh, and the salty delicious. together. Um, but yes. someone might go, oh, that's kind of strange, you know, kind of different. Yes. Um, yeah. So what kind of... I'm going to tell you the what story. Are some we, of your favorite? Yeah. we started with guava. Okay, a guava mm-hmm. paste. Now, me growing up in Miami, I'm very familiar with guava. Guava makes sense, right. Yeah, and it's very good. So we did a guava croissant, and I want to tell you, we got the most funniest rem- faces. <laughs> Everybody was like, what is that? Yes. Where does it come from? What uh, are you giving me? And then now they're like, well, I want a guava. Where's the guava? guava. Oh, you don't make guava today. <laughs> you know, so it's Thank funny you. how Thank the... how that. the yeah, how the yeah. time, how the same thing with the fig and parmesan. Um, anytime we we show a new flavor, 
we have some funny faces, and then it becomes a staple. Mm-hmm. So I that, try to bring. Go ahead. Yeah, I'm it's, sorry. That, it's oh no, sorry. It, it's that trust thing where you know you you kind of have to open up with the the kind of basics, and then once people start trusting, knowing you, they're like, okay, I'll take this step, and okay, I'll take this step, yes, and I'll take this step, yes, and and, and that's. that's Oh, sorry. And you Go can ahead. walk people to pretty exciting places when they trust you. You can, yes, when they when they have when they open their mind a little bit. And I think that's where we're at in Brookfield. In Oconomowoc, we have people, uh, well, where's the dulce de leche? Or I want the prosciutto and brie, you know, mm. where in Brookfield they're still buying the chocolate and plain mm-hmm. and the ham and cheese because that's what they know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But we're tempting them. Yes, <laughs> we're working on it. <laughs> no, and I'm always grateful. Like I think because because as as food purveyors and restaurants and bakeries, as they push people's palates, like everyone's palates grow. You know, because oh, yes. a friend then says, "Oh, that was so good. You have to try it." And the person's like, "Ah," and they may not have tried it on its own, but word of mouth goes a long way. Oh so. yes, and that's probably the best way that we've been able to grow our customer base is word of mouth. Mm-hmm. The finest, Absolutely. the finest of all advertising. Do you have, oh, and and the the best, the freest. Yeah. Yeah. Do you do you have do you have favorite flavor combinations that you're using? Fig and Parmesan and is my favorite. If I'm gonna when I make fig and Parmesan, I make sure that I save one for myself. <laughs> that yes. was the other question: is is how many how many of the things that you make do you actually eat? You know, um, not really a lot because I am allergic to it, so I have to oh, make yeah. sure. Yeah, which, sure. which makes this such a, like, <laughs> I mean, thank you. Thank you for doing that work because I can, so it's not for a lack of love of it. It's just that you, your body doesn't tolerate yeah, it. Yeah, my body, yeah. yes. And some and things I know, from- yeah, like some things like when I make uh, our pastry cream, mm-hmm. you know, with uh, fresh fruit on top, of course it looks delicious and I want to try it. But I know that that's it's just going to turn into a scene of The Exorcist. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. so I, I don't bother, you know. So it's the true yeah. like creation side of the baking experience that it seems like that's the key to you because it's it's not the cl- clearly it's not the the the. The, e- well, the, the eating per- selfish. It, it can't be the the self. It can't be the yeah. eating side of it completely. Oh no, because it's the challenge. Yeah, it's because the challenge. If, if, you, if you, it doesn't sound like you get to. It, you're not like one of those people who's you know eating her own supply or something like that. Oh that's, no, not at all. That's why she loves what she did. It's it's the Mm-mm. it's like you said. It's the the challenge and the the creative uh, the creative kind of. I'm really interested in what you said about the the artistry and the science earlier in the podcast too, because I mm-hmm. always found it. I always thought that baking to me was the science, and the the cooking was the kind of like. Cooking intimidates me because, you know, you can put the, all the ingredients right and it may not turn out. And it's this strange thing. Uh, and But there's like a freedom in cooking where, you know, you can, it's it's the, the parents' measurements of, you know, a handful. It can be creative. Yeah. yeah. Whereas baking always felt like the science. It's you follow these rules, you get, you get your dish. Um, and... I, I'm just I really love your kind of perspective on it where yes, there is the science to baking and yes, there is the you know the mathematical aspect to it, but there's still creativity in that framework. And I wonder if that's part of why baking is kind of blown up in some ways because there is rules to follow, but you still get to color in the lines as freely as you want. 
Of course, like everything in life, we just have to look mm-hmm. at it that way. You know what I'm saying? You yeah. can people can tell you that that there's rules for everything, but of course we we either bend them a little bit this way, we bend them a little bit that way, and we always find our niche and our way to move forward in in, in those kind of um, ideas. The yeah. thing is, is that when I am making a patient, and I I think to myself, okay. I know that it, when I make pastries and I want to do like a lemon curd pastry, it doesn't sit well. Why? Because there's too much acid in lemon. Mm-hmm. Okay. And we don't use anything out of a bucket. We make it fresh. I know that that acid is going to destroy the yeast. It's going to make the pastry not taste good. Mm-hmm. So that's the science part, right? Mm-hmm. So I know I can't do it that way. So how can I make this croissant with lemon curd inside? And that's the fun part. And that's when I take the time and I say, okay, well, if I bake the croissant first and I wait until it's almost done and then I add the lemon curd, but I add egg to it so that it settles better and and then I try it. So I might try something 10 times until I'm successful or one time, but I always try because I always think that there's, if I only have four flavors, that's no fun. It's no fun for anybody, you know? (laughs) But if I have 18 flavors, holy cow, I mean, that's fun. It's like going to an ice cream store. Yeah. And it's yeah. like uh, it's like putting together a puzzle. Uh, it's, it's like, oh, okay, yes. these are the pieces. Of, and I do think that's part of the, that appeal. I mean, so much is seeing, I, you talked about, you know, as a kid, what, we all as kids watch our parents cook and we are all amazed by it. Like, no matter if you turned out to be me, who can barely cook Chef Boyardee, or you, who has a bakery, we're just amazed watching people cook. And there's something about watching these disparate ingredients and watching people work with them and piece them together and mix them up Mm -hmm. and it becomes something. There's just something, it's like watching a Lego come together or like watching, uh, there's just something satisfying by seeing the pieces come together and you're like, there's there's logic to the world. There's there's a logic to how these pieces came together and, and there's sanity in an insane world. (laughs) <laughs> I agree. I think it's uh makes your life more colorful, more fun. You know, you only have one life, so you might as well uh enjoy it and make everything. Um obviously not everything is butterflies and rainbows, but mm-hmm. if you can make as much things possible uh happiness, then why not? I think that was you the know? tagline for the year 2020. 2020 butterflies <laughs> and rainbows. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> famously so (laughs) right I think we just forgot to press the send button because then the the memo did not go to anybody (laughs) somewhere at at Fate HQ they were like no 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 2020 was supposed to be incredible yes (laughs) well actually it's funny I don't know if you've seen that meme where it's like they go through the year and it's like I I think it's like St. Patrick's Day was on a weekend 4th of July weekend Christmas weekend New Year's weekend Halloween weekend it's like this was supposed to be the perfect party year like All of the big crazy holidays were all going to be like you can go as nuts as you want because the next day is Sunday or Saturday. And uh, not so much. Didn't so much happen that way. No. I'm hoping everything will go back to normal soon, you know? Uh, Mm -hmm. 
I'm sure everybody's wishing for it. Yeah. yeah, It's going to be nuts. We're going to have this Roaring Twenties (laughs) 2.0. But it will be be exciting to to be able to to get back to that I don't know. I'll work on it. But but in the meantime, thank you to to folks like you who are who are continuing on and making things that remind us like that the world is delicious. The world, you know, there's delicious things. There's beautiful things um, in the world. Cause I, I really, really think that things like fresh baked cafe um, have helped people get through these crazy, wow, these crazy that's months. An, that's very um, kind of you. I, I can't tell you how gracious you've been. And I thank you for this because uh you know, all of this makes me feel, gives me more positive energy to continue moving forward. And, and oh. I thank you. Well, I think, you know, the, the food world, I, I don't know, my personal hope is that, you know, I, I mean, when we've said it a couple of times in the course of this conversation, you know, people are in this for the passion, you know, that the drive, the challenge of this, you know, they're in it to make people happy, you know, to share something that they can make or do. And, you know, I think we've gotten to a point in in the history where like people are very, very, they're kind of spoiled, I think, by the bounty of restaurants and the, the bounty of foods that we can that we can find. And I feel like the last 10 or 11 months have been kind of a, um, an opportunity, I guess, for us to really increase our appreciation for all the work that goes into that, because this has not been an easy time for people in the food industry. You know, I mean, restaurants no, all. all around, mm-hmm. and I and I think we owe all of all of you so much um, in terms of you know you're providing gathering places for you know even if it's like a chat over coffee and a croissant, you know, you're supplying places for us to do that. You're supplying the joy that comes with eating something, you know, as delicious as a croissant, and in appreciating like all of those nuanced layers. Um, and so when we come out, you know, I just hope that it comes back to the food world in spades, um, because, you know, comforting food, um, gathering spaces, people to coming together over food is some of the best that life has to offer on any given day. I agree. And you creating that for people, you know. I just, I feel like when we all come out of this, I hope everyone appreciates everyone even a little oh, bit more. Oh, I'm sure. And you know, so. thank you so much. And, and I do, I, I agree with you. I think it's a, it's a great way to come together and even break free from all of the chaos, you know, and you just take five minutes and sit down and forget the world, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's uh, not just for people that come to my place, but when I go to other people's places too, you know, because mm-hmm. um, when, if I'm in my place, I'm working. If I'm in somebody else's yeah. <laughs> you're, you're 16 hours I'm enjoying it. <laughs> and then you're in bed. <laughs> exactly. So, you know? yeah, yeah. so uh, it's for all of us. And, and I really hope that um, this will be over soon. We can all go back to normal life. And, um, yeah. oh. you know. In the meantime, um, everybody who's listening, go. <laughs> if you're if you're within driving distance of, of fresh baked, well, where can um, people find fresh know, baked? That's yeah. the, the most important question we will ask today. And they have well, two choices now. So yeah, yes. give us all so, of them. Or in Oconomowoc, you know, we're at one fourteen West Wisconsin Avenue, 
and in Brookfield, we're at the Galleria West Shopping Center, which is 18900 West Blue Mound Road. Okay. We are open Wednesday through Sunday from 8 a.m. until 1. Those are our winter hours. During the summer, we'll be open until 3. Yeah. And you guys also, you have a website and you're on Facebook, I think, for both venues, correct? Oh, yes. And if you go to a Facebook page and you want to laugh, take a look at uh, <laughs> the videos we try our best to uh, make people's spirits go up with a little funny joke. Uh, Brees, uh, he's fantastic at uh, doing the videos and he really enjoys uh, making yes, people laugh. Yes. Mm. yes, you will be entertained. So go to their Facebook page. Um, there's one for Oconomowoc and there's also one for Brookfield. That is correct. correct. And, um, and, and that's also where you can, you can find out what is new you know, what flavors. Oh, are, absolutely. Are Cause we change it every day. day. Mm-hmm. Every day it's a surprise. Yeah. So, and I would say it looks to me like having, having looked at the menus every day, it makes me hungry. So don't, don't <laughs> go and look at the specials. I'm doing the right thing then. It's working. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. So, um, so yeah. So thank you for thank what you, you do. So much. Is, there, is there anything yeah, else people you. need to know, like how they can support you? Um, well, I we just first of all, we want to say thank you to the both communities of Oconomowoc and Brookfield. Um, myself and like all of the restaurants, um, we're all looking for everybody's support. Any Anything and everything matters. So thank you for coming. Thank you for trying and thank you for enjoying. Yeah. Well, and, and thank you for joining that. us. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, so this was lovely. Um, cause, and, and, and now I want to meet you in person. <laughs> yeah, me too. I was just <laughs> going to say that. Yeah. So thank we'll make you. that happen. We'll make that happen. Absolutely. Um, You're welcome anytime. Yeah, all of you. Yeah. Cause I'm always inspired. Like I said, I think, I think stories like yours remind us like that there's always a new beginning and that if we put in the work, like we can find things that give us joy and, you know, in your oh, case, to give other people joy. So thank you. Work is the key to success. That's for sure. So, yeah, yeah, work is work is good. <laughs> so, <laughs> yes. yeah. so, so here's to the new year and everything that it brings, and hopefully, lots of lots of success. And thank when you this so is much, over, and many of... blessings to all of you. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. What a really nice conversation, and one that made me uh, abnormally hungry for croissants. <laughs> abnormally, like. Like, are you normally... You, you eat so many okay croissants that you do forget what it's like to have a great mm. croissant. You know, it's kind of like what yeah. I was talking about earlier, where, you know, I eat so many of, like, the, the bad Starbucks croissants back in regular times, just because it's like, I need some fuel while I'm typing. Um, and you forget what it's like to have really great baked goods instead well, of, you sometimes know, you have to off settle. the conveyor belt Yeah, goods. like, sometimes you have to settle for them. Like, like I can occasionally wake up early enough in the morning to get a croissant from Rocket Baby, which is which is just close to my house. Um, but if I don't get if I don't get up early enough in the morning, they're sold out. <laughs> so these days, like like to me, like they're even more valuable because I have to like make this crazy they're effort gold, Lori, to find gold. a good one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. Maybe I'll have to drive a little further <laughs> i guess so i mean so. Uh, it's good get yeah. out of the house see the world yeah. safely see. uh we have a food porn 
And this is from a, this is actually not a written food porn. This is from a radio broadcast. Well, it is, but it was also written. Like this is, okay. it did, I don't know that this is, this might've been the transcript, but it was a reading. And I believe that it came from Nevada Public Radio. And it was part of their Food for Thought segment. Um, And I couldn't find an attribution on it. So we'll just credit it to the folks at Nevada Public Radio. Good job, and Nevada Public hopefully, Radio. You know, they found they found a beautiful a beautiful piece written about a person's experience eating a croissant. Um, and I thought that was perfect. So All right. And, and I'll I, let you read this, but not because oh there's anything secretly creepy in it. That's what you say now, Lori, <laughs> but I think you I might be know. a liar. We'll All see. Right. We'll see. This is a food for thought segment from Nevada Public Radio. It was perfect. Warm, actually. Steaming in the center. Still too hot to eat. It's four inches thick. It weighed so little you would swear there was nothing in the paper bag given to you by the counter girl. Mottled, crispy, dark brown. Just close to being burned. It was lighter brown toward the edges. It flaked with every bite. Shards of crispy puff pastry called milfoy by the French, shooting and falling about me like shards of chaff from a well-baked smart bomb. Each of those shards left small grease stains wherever they fell, my jeans, sweater, or even the sidewalk. Outward from the thick, steaming center, the dough fanned itself in a perfect crescent shape. And as it radiated outward, the layers became progressively crispier and flakier, but never dry. I was most certainly making a fool of myself on the streets of Paris as I analyzed and savored every bite, every crumb, and morsel of just about the most perfect thing I'd ever eaten. It was the apotheosis of culinary art, grandeur achieved from plain humble ingredients nothing more than flour butter milk water and yeast transformed into something rich yet feather light crispy yet chewy and by turns complex then commonplace goddamn want a croissant right now that's what i gotta say i gotta fucking eat a croissant me too now again (laughs) and i can't help but think that like that was a little bit like her experience like yeah. You know, well, can we just say Matt, Matt killed the pronunciation of Milfoy? Can we just say that? We can. We can. We are allowed to congratulate me for saying Milfoy like a champ. Mm-hmm. You did. Thank you, you did. Thank you, thank you Great the... British Baking Show. For... <laughs> thank you. Uh, I didn't use the phrase rough puff once. So disappointing. Rough puff. Rough puff. Uh, <laughs> if there was ever a phrase made for the food porn segment, it's rough puff. Rough puff. No, it no, is... you're absolutely right. I'll, I'll have to keep that in mind. Find like, us some rough puff, If I can puff, find Lori. you some rough puff. Yeah. Well, it sounds dirty. Like, even when they say it in British plummy accents, it sounds like it means something worse. I always felt that way about Fluffernutter. <laughs> well, yeah, obviously, Lori. Which is simultaneously cute and maybe delicious, but also 
super it's nerd. it sounds distinctly like something i wouldn't want to google on a urban dictionary right 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 but, but you, you know, know but you know what you should google uh, food crush podcast food crush podcast where can people yeah. find the food crush podcast then you'll find us on facebook and twitter and instagram i think yeah if you, one you would know. imagine one would hope <laughs> and uh where can people find you Lori frederick and people can find me at low frederick on facebook instagram and twitter where i will talk about food with you without you <laughs> in conjunction with you <laughs> hopefully with you in yeah. unity with you yeah and uh, you can find and how about me. You? Oh, me! You can find me at a man about film uh, on Facebook, on Twitter, and on Instagram, where I have at least posted one Instagram since the new year. Since the new year, we're and signed. maybe by the maybe by the time this airs, there will be a whole two Instagrams. My girlfriend pointed out maybe. to me that w- it had been so long that I had Instagram posted that one of the first five photos was still of my ex. Your, your 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 girlfriend would find that. Yeah. But that would, uh, yeah. So, at so the now family, you have to populate it with all sorts of new girlfriend photos. So now I have... That's your job. I mean, it's not that I don't want to. It's just I'm bad at posting. But I'm going to get better. This is my 2021 promise. Yay. Yay. Hey, I look Lord. forward to that. Uh, and I look forward to talking to you again on our next Food Crush podcast. We'll do that soon. Sounds great. Hey, Lori. Hey. You know what they say at the end of every episode of Food Crush? Keep cooking. Keep cooking.